The Bible Study Podcast, episode 356. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the book of Psalms with Psalm 10. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. We're going to continue on with Psalm 10 today. Psalm 10 is similar to the ones that we looked at last week. Psalm 9 looked at a prayer from David for justice and a confident prayer that God would deliver justice and sort of a warning to all of those who were on the wrong side of justice. This is a similar prayer, a psalm whose author is unknown, but this is a prayer for justice that is less certain. Why, Lord, do you stand far off? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? In his arrogance, the wicked man hunts down the weak, who are caught in the schemes he devises. He boasts about the cravings of his heart. He blesses the greedy and reviles the Lord. In his pride, the wicked man does not seek him. In all his thoughts, there is no room for God. His ways are always prosperous. Your laws are rejected by him. He sneers at all his enemies. He says to himself, nothing will ever shake me. He swears, no one will ever do me harm. This is quite different from the last psalm that we looked at that talked about the wicked getting caught in his own snares, the wicked getting hoist by his own petard, as it were, stumbling into the pit that he dug. Instead, in this case, what we see are the wicked prospering. And the psalmist is saying, Lord, how can you let this happen? Why is it that those who are not following you are being successful? This is a fair question. And this situation that the psalmist sees is not something that went away at the finishing of the book of Psalms. We can look around us and we can see people who are doing the wrong things or the questionable things or the unethical things, and yet, as far as we can tell, are getting away with it. And we, like the psalmist, can say, Lord, why do you let it happen? Why do you stand far off? Why do you hide in times of trouble? It is not difficult for us to find examples of when the greed of others, when the desires of others has caused harm. Even this whole last recession was caused in large part by greed of a relatively small set of people. How is it that that can happen and that they can get away with it? We live in a broken and fallen world, a world where God's righteous justice and his judgment have been held off for a time. And again, as we talked about last week and the week before, when we are the ones who have done wrong and we're looking for mercy, that seems like a good thing. When we are the ones who someone has wronged, when we are the ones on the right side of justice, we cry out as the psalmist does, why, Lord, do you stand far off? He paints this picture here of the wicked, who is hunting down the weak. And not just that, but is boasting about the cravings of his heart. He has no shame. The things that he wants, he boasts about. Blesses the greedy and reviles the Lord. This is Wall Street 1, the movie, Greed is Good. He blesses the greedy and does not seek God, for in his thoughts there is no room for God. And that phrase, 
caught my attention because it is easy, I think, for there to be no room for God in our lives. When we talk about this being the wicked, I don't think we have to think of this as Hitler or Stalin. I think we can think of this as anyone who gets too caught up in themselves, who is too focused on their own gain and is willing to cut corners, willing to cheat others, willing to get away with things because greed has taken over that place in their hearts or in our hearts where God should be. The place where God should be, there is no room. He is sure, he says to himself, nothing will ever shake me. No one will ever do me harm. But the psalmist continues, his mouth is full of lies and threats. Trouble and evil are under his tongue. He lies in wait near the villages. From ambush, he murders the innocent. His eyes watch in secret for his victims. Like a lion in cover, he lies in wait. He lies in wait to catch the helpless. He catches the helpless and drags them off in his net. His victims are crushed. They collapse. They fall under his strength. He says to himself, God will never notice. He covers his face and never sees. So again, the psalmist continues that this is a person who is actively going out and doing evil, who is actively being predatory. And that's the way it's described here. Like a lion, he covers and lies in wait. He is preying on other people because he is sure, because he is sure that God won't notice. He is sure that he will never see. Or, quite often in our day and age, he is sure there is no God at all. He is sure that there is no absolute right or absolute wrong. There is just what you can get away with. Laws are really just the rules of the game, and you bend them where you can for your own advantage. Does that sound at all familiar? I th- I think in some ways it can describe our age. It can describe people that we read about in the news or possibly people that we've encountered in our lives. People who have amassed power, but not ethics. And the psalmist prays, arise, Lord, lift up your head, O God. Do not forget the helpless. Why does the wicked man revile God? Why does he say to himself, you won't call me to account. But you, God, see the trouble of the afflicted. You consider their grief and take it in hand. The victims commit themselves to you. You are the helper of the fatherless. Break the arm of the wicked man. Call the evildoer to account for his wickedness that would not otherwise be found out. The psalmist is convinced that God does care despite the fact that he looks around and sees situations that makes him wonder. But the psalmist is right that God does notice, that God does see. And all of us who ever say, nothing will ever shake me, no one will ever harm me, God never notices, he covers his face and never sees, will be proved wrong. God will arise, not in our timing, unfortunately, but in his As harsh as the term break the arm of the wicked man is, God will stop wickedness in time. And the psalmist reminds us finally, the Lord is king forever and ever. The nations will perish from his land. You, Lord, hear the desire of the afflicted. You encourage them and you listen to their cry. Defend the fatherless and the oppressed so that mere earthly mortals will never again strike terror.
the term fatherless here is an important one because the terms fatherless and oppressed are being related by the psalmist. And the reason for that is without the father to protect you, the father was the source of protection, economic protection, the source of power for the family. And so the fatherless were those who didn't have the resources to defend themselves, who didn't have the resources to support themselves. The church and the people of God have always been called to look out for the fatherless and the oppressed have always been called to look out for those who are needy and those who seek justice, to be a source of support for those who have none. So many things can go out of whack when we have lost the people in our lives who have those roles, the people who establish what is right and wrong for us, the people who support and defend us and encourage us. And we are called to be supporters, encouragers, and defenders in our lives because this world is heading on a path that leads towards God and leads towards justice. And it is better for us to work towards that than to work against it because we worship a God who is king forever and ever, who does hear the desire of the afflicted. I pray that this week you will be a tool for justice or a tool for encouragement. Justice is a little hard to do, but encouragement is really not so hard. Tomorrow, next Saturday, next Sunday, pick one person each day who needs encouragement. One thing that I used to do at church and I really need to get back to is every time we went to church, I would try and think of one person who I saw do something that I thought was worthy of encouragement and go up to them afterwards and do that. The person who sang the wonderful song, the, the person whose prayers I found encouraging, the father who is clearly loving his children, the mother who is clearly tired and yet engaged in the lives of her children. There are so many things around us that are worthy of encouragement, and I think it is important, especially for those of us who are called to encouragement, to have eyes to see the things that need to be lifted up. The people who need to be told, keep going, you're doing great. With that, we'll end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to send an email to host at com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Chris2x. And as always, thanks so much for listening. What do you do when the world around you is falling apart? It's amazing to me how many people are breathing air. They're going about their business and doing the things you're supposed to do. But if you really ask them, they know that on the inside, they are spiritually and emotionally and relationally dead. If we're not careful, all of us can experience that death. When what we need to do, even as the world around us is falling apart, we need to learn how to march when it would be easier to stay where we are and die. Join me each week on the March or Die show as we discuss that and so much more.